My name is Pamela Robinson, and I'm the founder of the 40 Plus Double Dutch Club. When we were filming our documentary, Beyond the Ropes, we had an opportunity to travel across the world and hear stories of the women who make up this movement. When Katrina and I started this 40 Plus Double Dutch Club back in 2016, we had no idea how many lives it was going to impact. But it was so amazing to be able to see and hear and talk to all of the women and hear their stories and their testimonies about how this movement has helped transform their lives. We had to figure out another way to continue getting those stories out. And we figured we would start with my story. So this is Beyond the Ropes, the podcast. I grew up in Bellwood, Illinois, a western suburb of Chicago with my parents, my mother and my father, and my two sisters. My parents were so blessed to have three girls. And my sisters and I were always very close. My oldest sister, my much older sister, was born in the 60s. I was born in the 70s. And then I have a younger sister who's five years younger than me. So Portia, Paula, and I, um, we were very sheltered growing up. My father worked. He worked in IT. And my mother had a bachelor's degree in nursing, but she didn't have to work, but she wanted to. She liked staying busy. So in elementary school, my mother was the school nurse. And um, she did things like she made sure that she was always involved in the school. But because she was a school nurse at the school we attended, then she was really involved in the school. My mother is very proud to tell everyone how when she was over the school district, she found a way to get all of the chips and snacks out of the cafeteria, the juice that everybody, y'all know those little sugar juices we used to drink, little colored juices in the plastic container? Yeah, she got them to remove all of that from the school cafeteria. Um, the kids hated that. As a result, Portia and I didn't have very many friends. Because they blamed us for what Nurse Pelt was doing. And Nurse Pelt was doing the most, the absolute most. But we had each other and we had our neighbors. Uh, my best friend, Nisi, lived next door to me. I met Nisi when she was two and I was four. I tell people all the time I helped raise her. I did. I think I did a pretty good job. And then our other next door neighbor, San, I met her when I was eight. She was seven. And we have been lifelong friends. So we're all 50 plus now. So we've been friends for decades. So even though I didn't have a lot of friends in school, I did have my sisters and my next door neighbors who were always there, no matter what. Um, we didn't get to go to parties or um, go out a lot, but we did get to play outside as long as we were in our driveway. We played outside all the time. You know, we did everything that all little girls did growing up in the 70s and 80s. We jumped double dutch. We drew hopscotch um, and chalk on the driveway. We played softball. We played piggy with the boys that lived next door to Nisi. We, um, we played jacks all the time. We rode our bikes. We did pogo sticks. Childhood was great. Um, we were uh, extremely blessed. And I'm grateful for my childhood. And it's really hard sometimes seeing how kids these days are so different than we were when we were growing up because of all the 
extra things that are going on now that we didn't have to deal with. Um, so we, we grew up in Bellwood. We didn't get out much. We didn't get to do much. We were very involved in church. Um, we hung out with our cousins too. So we were very close knit family. After, um, I graduated from high school, I went to college because in our household, that's what you're supposed to do. So that's what I did. I never really had, um, a real goal as to what I wanted to do when I grew up. I thought about being a teacher. I thought about being a psychologist. I thought about doing um, broadcasting. I wanted to be an anchor woman for a while. Um, I liked journalism because I like writing. So it took me a while to graduate from college because all the things I just listed were my majors at some point. So I changed my major every single year. And then after my junior year, Six majors later, I um, decided I met a guy and we got engaged and he wanted to get married. And I was like, oh, bet. I don't need to stay in college. I'm not really sure what I want to do anyway. So I'll go home, get married, have kids, be a mom. And so I came home. I left Western Illinois University my junior year, halfway through my junior year, came home. I had my first child, Julian, and um, I was married with two kids about a couple years later. So when all of my friends were graduating from college, um, going out to clubs, hanging out, going on vacations, doing all of the things that young people do, I was at home with a husband and two kids. So that was a little difficult at times, but... I loved spending time with my kids. I loved being a mom. And I went back to school. I went to Chicago State University. And I did end up finally graduating. And I got my first job, which was as a caseworker. So I was working for the Department of Children and Family Services and trying to, um, you know, do something that was going to help other people. I enjoyed counseling. I enjoyed talking to people and helping them to um, keep their families together. So I spent, um, I put a lot of uh, time into my clients, my caseload. And um, suddenly it seemed like um, my marriage, I got married at 21. So my marriage was... Um, not doing so well. My husband at the time was, um, he worked nights. I worked during the day. Uh, we, we had some issues and because I was so young, I probably didn't handle those issues as well as I could. And he had some anger management problems and eventually our marriage ended up, um, going by the wayside, but I got remarried shortly thereafter. And this time I said, I ain't getting divorced again. When I said till death do us part this time, I meant it. So I got married at 28. I had my two kids, Julian and Jordan. When I got married, I think they were five and seven or six and eight, something like that. I got married in August. Their birthdays were right after. So um, we got married. We moved out to the suburbs because we had been living in my grandmother's building in South Shore in, um, on the south side of Chicago. But we moved out to the suburbs and I thought 
when you live in the suburbs, the school districts are great. The park districts are great. I realized that that is not always the case. So we were living in the suburbs and I didn't feel like my kids were learning as much as they should be. And their school didn't have some of the extracurricular activities I wanted them to participate in. They didn't have a chess club. I was like, "Uh uh-uh. I want my kids to go to a school that has a chess club. I want my kids to go to a school that's diverse. I don't want them going through school thinking that they attended an HBCU in elementary school. So we moved to um, Homewood, Illinois. Absolutely loved it. I checked out the school reports, checked out the libraries, the park districts, the whole community And I loved the community. I loved the diversity. I loved the fact that my children were going to get to um, be around a number of different people. They were going to be exposed to a lot of the things that, um, you know, we want our kids to be exposed to. And they were going to get to be in the chess club. So it was perfect. Um, So my now ex-husband and I, um, we sacrificed. And... We moved to Homewood, and shortly after we moved there, I had baby number three. After that, I quit my job because paying for before and after school care and child care for three kids was going to suck up my entire salary. I was a caseworker. We didn't get paid much. So um, my ex-husband was doing pharmaceutical sales, and so he was able to carry the family And we agreed that I would stop working until our youngest son went to school. Problem is, he didn't ask enough details. So when I said I was going to go back to work after Jalen went to school, I meant college. He thought I meant kindergarten. So that was a little bit of a struggle for us. But I thought we were okay. Um, So, yeah. We, we had to sacrifice a lot. Our kids didn't get all of the design, designer stuff, um, but we felt like we were giving them um, the best that we could. We were doing the best we knew how. And I was very, very involved in their school, in church. I was the room mom. I did the field trips. I was up at the school. I would pop up at the school once, twice, sometimes three times a week just to see how everything was going. Chat with the school teacher, chat with the principal, chat with my kids sometimes if I popped up on them in the hallway. Life was grand. Um, They were involved in church. They were involved in church ministries. Um, My ex-husband and I were very involved in our married couples ministry at Trinity United Church of Christ. And um, we were really trying to make sure that we put God first, our marriage second, and then our family came right after that. And so um, we were living what I thought was a really good life. In um, 2014, I realized that um, everything that I thought was going well wasn't really going so well when I found out that my ex-husband was having an affair. So that was difficult. I, um, but I wasn't one of those people who felt like if someone has an affair, that that's a deal breaker, that that's the end of a marriage, because I know that it takes two people to make or break a relationship. So I knew that there were things that I could have done differently. 
as well as things that he could have done differently. So I was willing to work and fight for our marriage. And I thought he was too. Um, but when I found out, I found out a lot of details about the girl he was with. And she was so opposite of me that um, it really made me think and wonder, you know, am I really the person he wants to be with? I mean, some people have described me as, I don't want to say a stick in the mud because that wouldn't be true, but um, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't curse, I don't stay up late, I don't go to clubs, so still not a stick in the mud, just some very, I wouldn't say rigid either. Um, straightforward. Is that good? That, that might not be good, but y'all know what I mean. Um, and the girl he was with was, when I tell you the opposite of me, she was the opposite. So although we tried to work on our marriage, I think he realized that he really just wanted something different than what I had to offer. Um, and I was willing to try to change some things, but... I still could only be me. And um, at some point, I realized that he just was not going to be able to love me the way I needed to be loved. So he filed for divorce. And um, that really is what changed the entire trajectory of my life. So going through a divorce after being married for 20 years um, is kind of like going through a death. Um, I don't think that most people realize how you grieve your relationship because everything that you thought you knew suddenly changes. And when it wasn't necessarily your idea um, or your decision, then that makes it even harder. I know that with my ex-husband and I, everything we did was centered around being a married couple. We did everything um, together. We we did a lot with other married couples. All of our friends were married couples. We did married couples trips. We did married couples dates. Um, we had um, married couples activities outside of the married couples trips and dates. So everything we did was centered around being a couple. All of the plans we have for our future were centered around being together. We talked about how now that Two of our kids were grown and out of the house. Our youngest was in high school. We talked about how um, should we stay in Homewood? Should we get a condo downtown? Should we move out of state? But it was always, what are we going to do? So the fact that my life changed so drastically from what are we going to do to what am I going to do was... Um, it was a lot. It was really difficult for me, especially being a stay-at-home mom for so long where whatever, um, whatever decisions I made 
were based on taking care of my husband and my kids and my family. And now I was at a point where the husband is gone. The kids are gone, except the youngest one. But once his father moved out of the house, now he was spending a lot of his time with his father and his new girlfriend down the street at another house. And I was spending a lot of my time by myself. And my friends were with their husbands or their kids or both. So that was that was difficult. Um So I was grieving the loss of my marriage. I was dealing with the fact that I didn't um, I didn't really know what my purpose was anymore because all this time I felt like I was here to be a wife and a mother. And now that role was changing. And um, it was it was a really, really um, low period in my life. I actually felt broken in every sense of the word. I felt broken. Um, I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping well. I had gone from a size 10 to a size 2. And it wasn't no cute size 2 either. So, you know, people were coming up to me asking me, what are you doing? Why are you losing so much weight? I told them it was that that was that divorce diet, you know? And it's like it didn't matter whether I ate or not. I wasn't gaining weight um, and I needed something. So that's around the time that the 40 plus double Dutch club really um, filled that void for me. So when we started it in 2016, I was still married, but I knew it was headed in in that direction where it wasn't going to be a till death do us part anymore. So when we said um, we were going to start a group of women over 40 to get together and um, take a break from adulting, no kids, no men, no pets, no stress. Um, It was because I couldn't handle any extra stressors. I just needed a time to get away, to laugh, to have fun, to be around positive women um, so that we could just encourage and uplift each other, even if it was just for a couple hours, a couple days a week. Um, I had no idea that it was going to um, serve as um, play therapy. I mean, it was really therapeutic meeting with the women, it was just a small group of us at the time. Started with just me and Katrina. Five ladies came to our first meetup. And every week, a couple more ladies would come. But it never got to be more than 15 or 20. But And these were ladies that I knew from church or from my neighborhood. And I was making, I was building new friendships because the friends that I had were, um, they were married and they were going on with their lives. And even though my two best friends, Nisi and San, of course, they were still around. All of my friends were still around. But life goes on for everybody. Even if you are in a hole and you're trying to climb out of that hole, 
people still have their lives. You know, they still got to go to work. They still got to cook for their husbands. They still got to make their moves. They can't stop their life because yours has stopped. So the 40 plus double Dutch club was um, a very welcome addition to my life and uh, a very necessary distraction for me. Um, and after a couple of years of our little group jumping, my son, my oldest son, Julian, created our logo um, in 2017, just because when we would get together, and we would take our pictures and our videos and stuff. And some people had on purple T-shirt, turquoise pants, a yellow headband. Those pictures were horrific. And so I was like, nah, we got we got to look like. We, we planned to get together and not like we just rolled out of the bed on a Saturday morning and somebody happened to have a rope in their back pocket. So um, Julian created our logo. And the first um, time I ordered T-shirts for us, I ordered 20 shirts. And we had leftovers. We had a few extra because there weren't really 20 of us coming out. But when we went to um, Windy City Live in May of 2019, we had on our little shirts and um, they posted it on their social media pages. Um, it was like it opened the floodgates and we really saw that the excitement, the happiness that we felt while we were jumping rope, it translated to all of the women who were watching that episode, who saw it on TV, who saw it on social media, who shared it with their friends. And that's when it really grew. And Katrina and I talk all the time about how um, amazing it is to see how this movement has evolved from um, something that I needed to help me through my depression and um, just Katrina showing a model of true friendship by saying when I went to her house that first day and said, this is what I need. Can you do this with me? And by her saying, you know, if this is what you want to do, even if nobody else comes out, we will tie that rope to a fence and we will jump together. Um, her saying those words, because I could have gone to any of my other friends and I already know that the reaction would not have been the same. There are some who would have started talking about their hair. I can't go because I, I got to get my hair done and that's going to mess up my hair. I can't be out there sweating because that's what we do. You know, I get it. A lot of people would have said, yeah, I can't take away time from my kids or from my husband in order to do that. Or I got to go to work or, you know, whatever. But Katrina didn't do that. And who could have even imagined that by her saying yes, not just yes to Double Dutch, but just yes to I'm going to support you in whatever way I can because I don't know how else to help you. Because Katrina was happily married, still raising her kids were in the house. She didn't know how to help me. But by her being open to being there for me in whatever way I needed her to be, that opened up this movement of friendship for thousands of women all over the world now. So we're just amazed at how God used 
me, Katrina, and a double dutch rope to help women all over the world make new friends, build new bonds, create sisterhoods. I can't imagine my life without these women now. I cannot even imagine it. And we're getting together once a week, twice a week. Some people are getting together three, four times a week going to meetups because it's like therapy. And we are helping each other to heal from issues and challenges that some of us don't even know the challenges that people are going through. But just by us being there for them and with them, we're helping them to heal, combat depression and other mental illnesses that we don't even know about. But we're here. We've created a safe space. And we want any woman who is over the age of 40 who thinks they might need the company of other sisters to come out and join us because this movement has gone beyond the ropes. If you're looking for friendship, if you're looking for love.